so this is the whole thing about Chinese education, which which we're talking we're talking about education. Like Chinese education doesn't really give you a lot of choices or、hmm. um, space to think about what you like. What's up, y'all? <laughs> This is episode two of Educate, and today I'm talking with my friend Stella about her time navigating both Chinese and American education institutions. Stella is as insightful and smart as they come, so I guarantee you will learn a thing or two. This is Educate with Erin, a new podcast where I explore the world through conversations about education. Well, how do you feel about having, like, how do you feel about going to Smith now? Like, do you regret that decision, or you feel good about having gone to Smith? I don't regret going to Smith. I, I don't want to say I have regret of how I spent like time there.、Um, yeah, because I would say that like at maybe sophomore year and junior year, I was having some. Existential crisis, like also a little bit mental health issue. So yeah, I now thinking back, I don't know whether I had really reached my full potential、um, mm-hmm. in my undergrad.、Um, I kind of feel that time, way too, right? Yeah,、uh, but I definitely do not regret going to Smith because I've made my best friends at Smith. Like you、yeah. and some of my other friends that you know, I know that I will be talking to and hanging around for the rest of my life, and the、yeah. people I fully trust, and also professors there are, I like, I've definitely had bad experience with、mm-hmm. a professor at Smith,、um, but most of the time, I I would say that the professors are very helpful and supportive, and give like they try to give me.、Um, New perspectives on the subjects we were talk- we were learning and talking about. Why did you? I feel like I've asked you this before, but why did you go to do your senior year in Boston? Oh,、um, I think that's first because I I knew from a very young age that I don't want to go to a Chinese college.、Mm-hmm. Okay,、uh, I want to talk to you about why I don't want to go to Chinese college because I think <laughs> it was a continuation of. High school or middle school, and you don't not continuation. It's like you don't get to choose what you want to choose because you decide your major、um, before even before going into college. It was a very complicated system. Like you、yeah. fill out your register registration forms before the college and before you have your exam、uh, exam score out. And I was like, that's a hell lot of pressure for me to do. Like. How do I decide my, like a large part of my life, not a large part of my life, but what I want to do four years in four years, just like in one night? And、yeah. It's also they also made made it really difficult for you to change, which is another thing I I really like American high、uh, higher education is that or at least Smith or liberal arts college they make it very flexible for you to switch or double major. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so that's that's the reason I was like I am getting out.、Um, so, wait, what was your question again? <laughs> Why you went to、um, high school in the U.S.? Oh, and then yeah. So knowing that I I'm going I want to go to American college.、Um, this this program was 
a collaborated program between Tufts University and my high school, I think. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. So I was like, I think having a year in the U.S. to just kind of familiarize myself with the culture, with the people, with the education there could could be a better idea. So maybe it's like, maybe I don't like U.S., so I'll just go to like Europe or Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, and that also, is helpful. Yeah. Also, that's why I get to visit. I got to visit all different campuses and also like talk to American teachers, like what's important in a whole application in the whole application process not just your gpa not just your sat and all it's all a whole lot of other stuff so that year i think it helped me to just get another thing i would get to familiarize with the western education system yeah it's like focusing on critical thinking like you read like I remember in classes we we were reading this book I don't remember the name about um the Rwanda genocide mm-hmm. and it was interesting because the teacher asked us to think like one problem or one topic from different perspectives or it's like like what you how to get get used to form a well-rounded um idea but mm-hmm. I never really had that opportunity back in China because in history class, in history or political science classes that we had, it's more about they give you they gave you all this information about mm-hmm. topics and you just memorize them for the tests and that's yeah. it. You you are not taught to like have an op- opinion of your own. Yeah. Um, and like you know certain topics were left out of the book of the course and I personally do not like that and yeah I so I was like wow I like this it's like it's nice to kind of starting to experience this whole new education system do you feel like okay I've been thinking about this about Smith and open curriculum do you think that well, okay, yeah. when you – did you come in knowing that you wanted to be – you were mm-hmm. math and what – you were, like, one other thing, right? One other major? Statistical. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. Um, yeah. I Did you okay. know that you wanted to be a math major, though? No. So this is another thing. Like, <laughs> I knew I wanted to go to a liberal arts college because it gives me the freedom of choosing, mm. to, choosing whatever curriculum classes I want to take. Yeah. And as a very confused teenager, oh, I had no idea what I want to do. Cause, mm-hmm. So this is the whole thing about Chinese education, which which we're talking we're talking about education. Like Chinese education doesn't really give you a lot of choices or mm. um, space to think about what you like because it's like so much competition and. It's so test oriented that everyone is just studying for that one test, once in a life test, which is the college entrance exam. And yeah. everyone studies the same textbook, same thing, because the test is the same. So there's never space for you to think about, oh, do I like this or do I want to continue to do, the, do uh, continue to do this? Because, um, like, the society, the school, your parents don't really talk about this because the only thing matters to get a good grade get a good score and yeah 
if you don't get a good score, you don't get to say you don't like it. It's just that, like, even if you're not good at it and you're you hate it, like, you just have to put in more effort and torture yourself to get a good score because that's what matters. So yeah. after graduating high school, <clears throat> I just had no idea what I want to do, mm. um, and I also feel like I definitely had a. Um, not prejudice, like preference towards stamp major. Sorry, um, like, <laughs> you know, all the Asian community. Uh, being, <laughs> being an Asian I, and growing up in, a, in, in China, growing up in China, I definitely have a preference prejudice to like towards um, a stamp major because growing up, you like people um, give you all these ideas that you can only be successful you can only have opportunities if you equip yourself with stamp skills so that's one thing i have in mind like i know that i'm gonna do something in stamp but maybe i will gonna like take courses in other um department or double major minor some stuff in in other departments yeah so yeah if anything though like in hindsight i kind of wish i had done even though I felt like I wasn't like naturally inclined towards STEM, I feel like it is, there are, I think it's more beneficial to focus in STEM and fill in with humanities as opposed to like do, I mean, this is, I'm a government and American studies major. So <laughs> as opposed to doing that and then like filling in with STEM because now I'm like, shoot, if I had some more STEM classes and skills in my tool set that would be beneficial okay but I have a lot of follow-up questions about what she said yeah you literally stole one of my questions because I was gonna ask you (laughs) about standardized (laughs) testing in China because yes China scores very high on standardized tests but yeah I mean I guess you kind of answered it without me even asking but like growing up did you know that I mean you kind of said you didn't know but so it was like, no, it was, but was it like every day when you came in the class, it's like, we're studying for standardized tests or like the curriculum was very oriented towards that, or yeah. it was just like, everyone knew it without saying it. Um, I think a little bit of both, like the whole curriculum, um, from grade school all the way to high school is designed, um, to, uh, to cater the test. Um, mm-hmm. and everyone Everyone from the day you were born to <laughs> to the to the exact exam day, your life is about that test. Unless you're like me, I I, I knew for I knew for a very long time that I don't want to be in that system and I want to study abroad. So I like I think in sophomore year, I already told my parents that I don't want to take this test and I want to you know prepare for for SAT and go study abroad which till this day my dad still likes to tease me about it because he was he took the test and um he's like your life is incomplete without taking that test that's Um, crazy yeah so were they like disappointed that you didn't take it no they were not disappointed but they definitely they Okay, they even tell me in my face that told me my straight to my face that they think I took a easy way out. Mm. But I definitely disagree because I would say the American higher education is like once you're in it, it's definitely much much more difficult than the Chinese um, higher education because yeah. it's kind of the other way around. Like it's very hard to get in 
but it's kind of easy to get out. That's for the Chinese mm. universities. But here, not saying very easy to get in, but like relatively compared to the Chinese colleges, it's definitely easier to get in. But yeah. if you want to graduate with a good score and even to just graduate, it's definitely much more difficult. Yeah. So coming from like China's more standardized or like strict curriculum and schooling system. So then mm-hmm. was open, cur- were you attracted to Smith for open curriculum? Yeah, because I already had in mind like so many different classes I want to take. Um, like art, right. less, uh, art <laughs> history and stuff. Um, that's why when I learned about that Smith has an open curriculum and only one class is re- um, uh, re- wait, the writing class, right? Yeah, I think it's we writing. only have one one thing that's required for our degree, which is a writing intensive class. Yeah. So that's like one of the most attractive things that Smith attracted me to. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't even think about. I wasn't. I mean, I like Smith for a lot of reasons. It wasn't like open curriculum was like. I mean, that's definitely like one of the features of Smith that they try to market as like we have open curriculum because it is pretty yeah. cool that you don't need to take like general ed a bunch of you know like how eight to ten classes of whatever coming back to like this (laughs) it was very interesting because I kept taking math classes because Mm -hmm. I thought that was the easier classes interesting uh, for me comparing to like literature history which I had to read like 100 200 pages a week and write essays as a non-native English speaker so Mm. When when I first came in, the STEM, the math classes are actually my comfort zone for avoiding to That's have so like super like heavy reading writing semester, which is yeah. interesting because I like I didn't come in having like I'm gonna be a math math major in my mind, but it was like at some point I look at my cl- the classes I've taken. Oh, that's a lot of math classes. Like, how did I end? up? Classes. That's and, so interesting. I feel like I can't even imagine just like naturally having taken that many math classes that I would be like, yep, math is my major. Okay, back up. So the, the back up, like in my high school and middle school experience mm-hmm. and grade school. So for like China, Chinese education was so competitive, like in my grade. Yeah. In middle school, we have 13 or 14 classes. I don't remember. And each class, we had 50 to 60 students. So that's a lot. Yeah. So per grade, there was 13 to 14 classes. Yeah. Each with 60 students. 50 to 60 students. Yeah. Holy cannoli. So how big was the school? Like 1,700 something, 500, something like that. Out of, okay, okay. Wait, out of, yeah, but, but it, each class but was, was 13 years. or 14 class. Oh, oh, oh. You mean we that there was like 14 years. total classes? No, each year. Oh, Freshman snap. year, sophomore year, we all have like certain. Oh, this was for classes. high school. Okay, okay. Middle school. This is middle school. Well, high school was similar too. And it was also like every, every test we have, we're going to, teacher will rank them and everyone can mm-hmm. go see the rank. 
And Whoa. so everyone, everyone is going to know, like, where are you, you know, and even our midterm and finals during school, your seat is arranged by your ranking in the, in the year. And That's so bizarre. It, I, well, okay. Yeah. Not bizarre. That's not the right word. Cause it it's is, just like, it is bizarre <laughs> to, to be honest. Like I hated it, but I also, I don't know whether I should say I'm grateful for it or it definitely made me some kind of person like there were times that like my grade grade fluctuated a lot during middle school like I would have really Mm -hmm. good ones and really really bad ones and at some point you get used to that like you know oh I I, speaking of that I had a really bad physics teacher that Mm -hmm. she likes to hand out your exam according to like which when you're ranking in the class and Um, sophomore year, I was really bad at physics for, for, I don't remember just the part of physics that we were at. And every test, I'm at like the bottom five or bottom three. Yeah. And at some point, I don't even care. I will like go up the stage shamefully, shamelessly and get my exam with because like you're just I because I feel like that teacher was such a bully like yeah she that tried is, yeah. to make a point out of it but I just feel like you're a mean person who just want to embarrass like embarrass yeah. your students well that's and good then, that like you're the type of person that had the spunk to do that but I'm wondering like I said it was bizarre because I'm just wondering like the psychological component of like did you <laughs> ever have classmates that always scored in the bottom and then do you think they were just then always scoring in the bottom because they were told like you're in the bottom so then they're just like it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they're like yes I am the worst so I'm just gonna be the worst definitely I felt that during that semester when I was always scoring like really bad for uh, during physics I literally had this um feeling that I'm not I'm just, you know, not designed for physics. I am just yeah. not good at physics. But, okay, since I'm so bad at physics, my mom, my parents, of course, <laughs> like, register me on outside classes. So, you, okay, in China, there's all this, like, outside classes on weekends that yeah. you go to either for because you're behind, you're trying to make up, or you're too, like, in advance, you're trying to learn more stuff. So you are yeah. even more ahead of people. So like um, how many hours a weekend would you spend at these types of classes? Since middle school, I think. Last year of middle school, the school took our Saturday away. So um, preparing Whoa. for the high school entrance exam. Um, mm-hmm. Since that year, we don't have Saturday at all. Every student stay in the school for six days and we have Sunday and on Sunday most students have to go to classes outside of our school like for extra tutor uh, tutor, tutors tutor hours so do you guys have extracurriculars no we don't even have PE classes like no (gasps) a lot of times our math teacher or English teacher would just come in okay this (laughs) this period of this PE period you guys are gonna do a practice mock exam on math on physics dude I can't even imagine that dude this is why I'm so excited about this podcast though because like it's crazy that well I just like don't talk to my friends about the ins and outs of their education like this And, like, the fact – I was talking with people the other day literally about 
PE. And I was like, dude, I don't think that PE is a requirement for curriculum. And they're like, Wait, no, yes, it is. In the like, US? In the in the US, I want to say the US probably like more schools than not have PE, but I don't think it's like a mandatory thing. Like recess isn't I think I was reading once that like recess isn't mandatory at least. Wow. I but either way, that. I was like, that's crazy yeah. that – I mean, maybe it is required in China and they were just like, you know, like I mean, it was definitely in our – yeah, yeah, it was definitely in our curriculum, but they were just finessing their way to, to make that math, English, and physics or something else. But Yeah. Because but PE either way, that's like tested. crazy. Yeah, right? It's not tested, but that it's like – Wait, actually, he is tested, but it was like three <laughs> things. It was like – it's only three things like running for 800 meters okay we use metric it was uh-huh. only three things so you only practice for those three things before your test and mm-hmm. it was definitely way easy for like for for the for the other tests so people didn't really give a lot of attention to pe or art yeah. or music So upon some brief, brief research, I'm talking brief, so do your own research because, yeah, I should. The short answer is that like many laws in the U.S., PE requirements vary on a state-by-state basis. 39 states do have formal laws that require physical education, but more than half of states have some kind of substitution, exemption, aka loophole. So is it mandatory? Question mark. Probably depends on who you ask. Yeah, so like were you were like if you were afraid of those types of classes going into college like what were they like growing up like were they just ignored then like literature and art those types of classes they were definitely ignored um i think we did have art classes music classes um in grade school but at some point they were paused because they were not very they were not considered um beneficial for the tests um, mm-hmm. But before, I definitely enjoyed th- those classes, um, and I definitely felt angry that they were taken away. Yeah, I feel like those classes are well, one just important for kids' development, but and two, they're all fun. The fun, but they actually help you succeed more in the hard in <laughs> STEM classes. <laughs> like yeah, you can't yeah. just neglect that side of your brain. Yeah, and just absolutely. like only do like. A to B type work all the time. Yeah, absolutely. But see, yeah. it, the Chinese education didn't have the resources for every kid to de- develop that part of the brain. Because, um, yeah. yeah, you can't test that part of the brain yeah. in a standardized test. But also, like, I guess in a way, I'm like sounding so surprised, but the US is also very focused on standardized testing. Yeah. Like just in a different way. It's it's just like just in a different disguise. Like I feel like the US is very skills oriented curriculum for standardized tests. And maybe like we still have like art and literature and stuff, but it's so yeah. that you develop certain skills that you can apply to standardized tests. Yeah, definitely. Oh now since you mentioned it, I definitely feel like U.S. is also very intensive on standardized tests. Yeah. But within that context, you guys have more options. For example, you can choose what APs you want to take. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, you can. You can. And you don't even have to take AP classes. 
As a side note, when I say that students in the U.S. can choose their AP classes, that's not entirely true because some public schools do kind of force students into AP classes to heighten the school ranking, yada yada. It's very problematic, highly debated education issue. But the point is, obviously Stella and I have our own perspectives that reflect our own unique individual experiences, but we obviously don't know everything about education in China and the U.S. So with that being said, take some of our generalizations with a grain of salt. Anyways, back to the show. Yeah. You can also choose between SAT can you choose and your ACT. Curriculum? Um, kind of, I mean, yeah. Because like you in, can choose the language classes, which language you yeah. take. And like in high school, you can, there's like general ed, but then I remember like my senior year of high school, um, I could like choose which type of religion class I wanted to take. I could choose... Even though, like, religion was still a requirement, I could choose which one. Oh. I think I could, like, choose my English class, too. I think you could kind of choose whatever classes. It was just had to be within a certain, like, you know, requirements. requirement. Yeah. Yeah. But then, okay, so, like, was your actual curriculum on a – I'm also thinking, like, because now I'm thinking about these kids' development. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you feel like your, like, instruction, did it incorporate, like – auditory visual kinesthetic tactile elements or it was mostly like visual and like if it was rigid like was it ever were you just like mostly at your desk all day doing work yeah mm-hmm. yep like was starting from like seven thirty a.m in the morning and all the way till 10 p.m in the mo- in the evening <laughs> and, and 10 p.m is including the homework including homework 10 or 11 p.m. including homework because I went to a boarding uh I went to boarding school since grade school not not saying that boarding school it's the preppy elite thing in China it was just my parents didn't have time for me so they're like here you go there's a boarding school for you so Mm -hmm. at boarding school we always woke up at seven something and first class started in seven 7.45 or 8, I don't remember. Um, mm. But then it was four period in the morning. And then you have lunch, like maybe less than an hour lunch break. And then three or four periods in the afternoon. Mm. And then you, you, you that's and then after that, it's your shower time. And for, for guys, it was like basketball time and dinner time. <laughs> and then wrap up, coming back, there was evening period for either doing homework together or sometimes teacher would come in to continue their classes that they didn't finish yeah um so it's so, very scheduled yeah. so then yeah, it's like military school yeah but then like how are behavioral issues or are there even like is there even space for a kid to have a behavioral issue or no good question there were <laughs> this is coming here that looking at people Oh, this is so bad for me to say, but sometimes I would have a conversation with my Chinese friends who are also studying in the U.S. And we look mm-hmm. at kids who are having, like, alcohol issue or drug abuse issue. And then we yeah. were just thinking, if you give them more homework, maybe they wouldn't have space and time <laughs> to have all this issue. But no, but this is way more complicated than that. But we were just joking about that. But yeah. there were definitely bad kids, like, bad mm-hmm. kids, quote-unquote, because... There were the kids who would maybe sometimes pick a fight or mm. be in a relationship. Okay, be in a relationship in high school and middle school is considered a behavioral problem in China. <laughs> I mean, I went to Catholic school, so there's some overlap. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So those type of stuff are considered bad behavior.、Um, but generally, the the most problematic thing for most kids to have is to have a bad grade. <laughs> mm. But. So, what happens to the kids with behavioral issues? Like, where are they now?、Mm. <laughs> are they just like pushed out of the education system, or it's like they have the behavioral <laughs> issues but still ultimately get a degree? I think that's a very interesting question because I feel like in China we like this is also a thing that I noticed after coming here is like people do talk about. Behavioral issue or、mm-hmm. um, learning disability and mental health issues, right? But these are not topics that people necessarily have are equipped to talk about. Like、mm-hmm. they just slip it under the rug and、yeah. just think that you know you can do better. So I think, yeah, I think probably. The kids who do, who did have issues, are probably just slowly pushed out of the system. Either you end up with not so good college, or yeah, like you, if you don't fit fit in the system, you get pushed out. Do you feel like um, when you were saying like you and other Chinese international students, like what was that like at Smith being, a Chinese international student? Because I feel like that's such like a. At like liberal arts colleges, it's like people who are listening to this who went to like liberal arts colleges are probably like, oh yeah, like you know, you just like I feel like people tend to think of Chinese internet and like a lot of international students, sure, but sure. especially yeah. like Chinese international students as like a group of people that come to like liberal arts colleges. Yeah, but do you feel like that? I mean, how did that feel like existing in that, or do you feel like that if the, like negatively affected? Yeah, and like do you feel like people negatively interacted with you because of that? No, I had really good experience at Smith, and um, but I, I I do know that you know a lot of Americans, not a lot, some American people associate specific even just with international students, um, specifically Chinese international students because like they come in as this mysterious group of people that they only hang out with themselves, which is true for a lot of like gigantic universities and. I would, in my defense, for those people, it was like, to be honest, Smith is a very welcoming、yeah. community at school. But just imagine going to, I don't know, not even UMass Amherst, say, say like, um, there's some like really remote state school. It is、yeah. very different for for Chinese, be, like culturally. It's so intimidating. It's very yeah. It is scary for me. That was not a problem because I felt like. I did find my community here, and my first, my roommate first year was so nice. Have I told you about Julia? Shout out、mm. to Julia; she's the biggest <laughs> fan of Civil Black.、Um, I was roommate with her for a very long time, and she was so nice. Like on the first day of moving in, her whole family、uh, came in with, I think, with a pickup truck and their dogs. <laughs> and I was so shocked. But was, like her whole family was super nice. Like they invite me over for Christmas and Thanksgiving. So like Christmas. I personally, I had a really nice experience. Yeah. Um, what I like hanging around with American students or with other international students, I find my I found my community. 
Um, so I don't think being a Chinese, being a Chinese international student at American campus, um, ha I, I had like bad or negative experiences. If you could change anything in your, I mean, hindsight 2020, but like if you could tweak or alter like one thing in your however mm -hmm. many years of education in the mm -hmm. US or China, like what would you change that you think would have the most positive influence? Wow, this is going to be so controversial. I would <laughs> not tweak a little thing. I would want to say that. I want to change the whole Chinese education system. Mm. Because... Should we do it? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, I don't. I really hope that uh, whoever party member is listening to this <laughs> don't take this too serious. Um, um, because I felt like being in Chinese education for most part, most of my life, I felt mm -hmm. like it killed. Um, a part of my passion and curiosity mm. for learning. Yeah. Like, I have friends who deem learning, it's a fun thing. It's just a natural process. But for me, I think my, my education system has wired me to think this is a labor, a task that I am yeah. doing. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not nice. Like, whenever you're learning, it's not a like it's not a like just instinctively enjoyable experience because my Chinese education destroyed that for me. Mm. Um, so that's what I yeah I want to change the whole damn Chinese education system, <laughs> Lena. Well, folks, that's it for episode two of Educate. Shout out to Stella and everyone. Pause. Send her some good vibes because she's on that grad school grind. Education isn't always the most go-to conversation topic, but school or the lack thereof was and is such a formative part of everyone's lives. It's just one of the first major institutions that a lot of people encounter and spend a lot of time at. But I ain't gotta tell you all that for you to know all that. All I'm saying is take a second to think about how your educational upbringing made you the person that you are today. And last but not least, as I'm sure you've heard at the end of every podcast ever, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Alrighty, I'll talk to y'all next episode. Peace out until then. But also don't close your browser because I want to make sure it saves. But, okay, I never even get to say bye to the listeners. Okay, bye listeners. Oh my god, yeah, we have to. It was really... <laughs>